All right, we're live. So hello, welcome everyone to the June 2019 hashtag exchange SA chat on building your professional brand. I like that, like a little hashtag right there. Uh, my name is Kyle Stapleton. I'm Director of Communications of the APTA Student Assembly Board of Directors. Um, if you haven't been part of an exchange chat before, you can interact um, on Facebook Live. And there's also a Twitter conversation happening right now um, with PT Pinecast and hashtag exchange SA. So if you want to jump on there and ask any questions you have, or you can jump on in the comments and ask any, uh, any questions that, uh, that you may be thinking of. So this month, we have a real special treat. We have Jimmy McKay. Um, he's a physical therapist, um, and he's the, uh, he's the founder of PT Pinecast and also the director of communications of Fox Rehab. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's weird being on this side of the, uh, the being interviewed uh, window here. It's very odd. You got no buttons to control, so it's pretty no good, button. right? I'm, I'm buttonless. Hands free. Your hands off today. Hands off. Well, they're never free, Kyle. You've always got to be free. <laughs> I love it. So. Awesome. So just some, uh, just some announcements. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone. I'll drink while you do the announcements. All right. All right. So just some announcements before we get started. So APTA House of Delegates and next are pretty much here. The House of Delegates officially starts tomorrow, June 10th, and they're going through June 12th. And then APTA next begins June 12th on that, on that Wednesday through June 15th. So our general membership meeting, the Student Assembly General Membership Meeting, will be Thursday, June 13th, and it's going to be a little bit different at this conference. It's going to be at 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., so breakfast will be served here. So come and join us for some breakfast. Um, for all students you know, who are attending next, we would love to have you come out, and it's also going to be streamed on Facebook Live for any of you that, that can't make it um, or just won't be able to attend um, the specific reception. It'll all be on our, our Facebook feed of you. And one of the board members will drop that link below um, that's from the programming site um, on the APTA. Also, the Student Assembly, when we're all really excited about this, the Student Assembly Board of Directors applications are officially open. Um, it's open, they're open on Engage. So if you're interested in applying for a position or a specific position, um, you can definitely click on, click on the link below. Um, one of the board members will also drop that in the comments there. Um, also, just some general things. We're also going to have we're going to be having plenty of social media updates and interviews happening throughout APTA next. We're going to have some super super awesome clinicians and students coming on for some interviews, and we're going to have some awesome social media updates. So just continue following our social media for Twitter at APTA SA, and then Facebook at APTA Student Assembly, and then also um, Instagram at APTA Student Assembly. And just some also looking forward to the future a little bit. National Student Conclave, really excited for that. I'm um, just around the corner, October 31st to uh, November 2nd in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So if any of y'all going out there, we'd love to see you there. Dangerous, um, putting that thing on Halloween, man. Dangerous. dangerous. I, like, I like it. And the PT Pub Night will probably be on Halloween on a Thursday night. So we're yes. all really excited. We're hoping for that. Um, so yeah, so look out for, any of the pro for all the programming and the registration. That'll be opening in July. And that link will also be dropped right into the comments for you. As always, we're looking for Pulse contributors. If you have any ideas or any, any ideas that you want to share, any stories that you want to share, we're always looking for authors and contributors at the Pulse. Um, so if you have any ideas or any pieces you want to submit, you can email us at pulse at apta.org, and we would love to put those um, on our daily newsletter. So we're looking forward to that. Also, this is new, hot off the press. Um, a lot of students are going to love this one. So mark your calendars for the next hashtag exchange essay chat. It's going to be Sunday, July 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern time with Scott Giles. He's a physical therapist, and he's the founder and president of School Builders, one of the primary ways to prep for the MPTE. And the topic we're going to be focusing on is what students need to know about how to prepare for the MPTE. So all of y'all who are covered are going to be taking the exam in July. Um, it's going to be an awesome, awesome way. If you have any questions or anything you would like to share or anything you want to talk with Scott about, 
Um, this is definitely one you do not want to miss. So really excited about that one. All right. So if anyone, whoever's joining us tonight, if you want to just shout out your name, your year and your school in the comments, we'd love that. You can use hashtag DPT student, hashtag PTA student. If you're a fresh PT, drop that in there as well. And anyone else who's on here, any physical therapists, PTAs, um, clinicians, whatever, you can all, you can just drop your name right into the comments and um, what you're looking forward to this chat. Awesome. So Jimmy, so do you want to start off just kind of telling us about your story, like who you are, what projects you're working on? Um, if you want to talk about PT Pinecast, we would all love to hear that. Let me get the plug out of the way early fast. I like the first of all, well done, man. Not a lot of people understand, you know, when you turn a camera on yourself and you got to deliver all this uh, information. Well done. So kudos to you, man. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, uh, as my, uh, my uh, introduction uh, kind of alluded to, uh, I'm a physical therapist, but I went to school actually to be a broadcaster. Uh, got a degree in journalism and mass communication. And that's it. All I wanted to do is be a radio DJ for the rest of my life. And uh, did that. My radio career was about 15 years. Worked in rock radio in New York and uh, Northeast Pennsylvania, if anybody's from the Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area. Um, and uh, one day, I just realized I liked radio a little bit less than I did the day before. And the day after that, it was a little bit less. Uh, until one day, I decided to, uh, to look for the exit. You know, this was, this was the thing I was going to be doing. Um, for the rest of my life. But one day I just, I realized I didn't love it anymore. So, uh, so decided to go back to PT school. That's it, man. I hung up, I hung up the microphones. I was done with this stuff, put it away and, um, and did my first year in PT school, but it was actually, it's so it's really, really, really fitting that we're talking about this. We're doing this exchange. I say on, uh, on the week of next, I went to my very first next conference. Uh, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was in a room full of a thousand PTs and PTAs and students. And I remember like the guy on stage was talking about tactical athletes and everything was like testosterone. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't understand everything that he was saying. So I uh, wound up catching up with him at the, uh, at the happy hour a few hours later. <laughs> and, and, and I made it, I made it a point. Cause I was like, you know, I spent 200 something bucks to, to come here and here I am. I left my passion and now I'm in, in this profession, and I, and I consider students part of the profession, okay? So let's, you're in the profession, uh, and you started your professional branding well before you uh, ever, ever take the NPTE. Let's just be really, really clear about that. So I said, listen, I spent 200 bucks to be here. I'm going to learn something, damn it. And I didn't learn it in that presentation, but I marched up to him, had a beer in my hand. I said, hi, I'm Jimmy. I'm a second-year student. I saw your presentation. I didn't understand it, which is not the greatest way to introduce yourself to someone. But it was all right because he, he kind of got it. Listen, uh, he was being a presenter on stage, but over the next beer, beer and a half, we were having a conversation. And I understood his entire presentation there when we were conversing. So to close the loop, as we're having that conversation, I'm like, this is really good content, right? That was my, my background. That was my, that was my career for, for a decade and a half. I was like, you know, I would have loved to have recorded that and shared that with people. I think other people could have benefited so I launched a podcast and uh, kind of named it after the thing that inspired it, which was us having a beer. And I wanted it to be really, really conversation versus presentation because I don't, I don't do well with presentations. Um, and uh, launched it as a second year student. We, we got 10,000 downloads our first month and haven't looked back since. And just we, th we said there was a goal. So I do need to have two rules. You have to have fun and learn something with every episode. We're 300, 400 in and we haven't missed yet. So that's my pitch, man. Stop talking about me and start answering some questions. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So yeah, so let's start here. So 
How have you seen, I know you kind of talked about this a little bit, but how have you seen just overall, how has your professional brand developed over the years? Like how has it affected you and it's been, and it, as it's developing? So I'd love to say I started this podcast as a, as a really thought out process. Like it was really calculated, but it wasn't, it really was accidental. Um, I thought I was just going to do a six pack of episodes. Oh, okay. Six pack. Oh. And then kind of, and just be cutesy and be done with it. And um, the reaction I got was really positive from seasoned PTs, from other students. And I loved it. I liked having the conversations and I, and I learned a lot. So um, kept doing it. So how has it affected my, my professional um, brand and my professional development? Unintended consequences was me being able to make a connection with some of the smartest people in our profession. Um, you know, being able to bounce ideas off of them, either on mic or, you know, in a, in a text message or an email. And, uh, that's easily, that's easily the, the biggest thing that, that I've been able to do is making real connections. And if you can do that, if you can facilitate a real connection, can't put a price on that. That's worth, that's worth all the time and effort. It really is. And I think that kind of plays in plays well into what you said before, the difference between conversation and presentation. In order to make those connections, you really need to have that conversation with that individual. And it really ties back in well to your story. You know, when you're talking about conversation or presentation, you really didn't understand um, the presentation that well when you were listening to it. But like once you actually, you know, had a couple beers and you're talking, you're talking to them, um, have, talking with the conversation, right? Um, with yeah. the conversation, you, do, you, uh, you learned about everything and you really understood the what he was trying to say, what he was trying to get at. So think it kind of makes it cohesive. It makes sense that way. Yeah. But like, I mean, I consider myself a pretty outgoing guy, but sitting in that room amongst, you know, the sea of a thousand people, there's no, they're even though how outgoing I am. There's no way I'm going to raise my hand and be like, oh, dude, sorry, man, you got to rewind it for the, for the guy, for the guy <laughs> in the back. But that's the thing about being able to be one-on-one is I could be a little more vulnerable. Um, you know, probably the alcohol helping me be a little bit vulnerable, but just be honest and say, I didn't, I didn't understand it. You know, instead of right. just nodding along like, oh, I get this. Look how smart I am. I get this. I get this. Um, and, and then good on him for being nice right. enough to not hear that, oh, you didn't get it. Oh, you weren't paying attention. Um, and then being able to give me that time, that 15, 20 minutes. I mean, time's finite. He was able to give me some time. Uh, nice dude. But that, I mean, that's the cool part about this profession. Uh, it's filled with a bunch of really nice people. So, Absolutely. So yeah, any, any of y'all who have, who have any questions or comments for Jimmy, just drop them right into the live comments. We'll put them right up in the queue um, and we'll have Jimmy answer them. So if you have any, any questions at all, um, we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, as a, let me see, okay, yeah. So were there any like role models that you had for either non-PT or PT individuals that helped sh- shape where you are today? I know when we were talking before, before we came on live, that your professor really helped you kind of developing the the, uh, the podcast and the podcast. Yep. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to the show at all, uh, there, there's a credits section at the end of each episode. And uh, we've never actually talked about this, but uh, I, I I credit someone with being the CBO. Uh, and that's Sky, Sky Donovan, who's the chair and professor, full professor now at Marymount University. Uh, she was the person who I kicked the idea of the podcast to and really wanted to see her reaction. She said, yes, it's a great idea. And really gave me that thing that all great professors do, which is a push in the right direction. Um, she gave me some legitimacy and just made me feel safe enough to, to be vulnerable. Um, so she's definitely uh, a big reason that I'm standing here today. I think I tried to quit PT school twice and uh, <laughs> she just wouldn't let me. So uh, yeah, without her, I probably would have just bailed. Um, 
you know, other people in the profession there, I mean, there's a lot, like, I don't even want to start listing cause I'd want to missing, missing out on one and I feel bad, but you know, people, let's go to the top, right. You know, Justin Moore and Sharon Dunn, Absolutely. how do you not, how do you not fanboy and fangirl on the, on those people left and right. And just, and here's the best part is like, you can listen to what they say, but watch what they continually do. Watch what they do. Sharon and Justin show up, you know, they say something and then they do it. Like that's, that's the biggest part is, is the follow through. So I'd say watching, watching people like that. But, um, in terms of, in terms of non PT, I lucked out in radio. I had a couple of bosses and we've all had a boss. That's a little bit, a little shady, right? He's the boss. He's, he's in charge of me, but I don't care how old or young you are. You're like, I just don't feel great about this. So I had a couple of bosses who I learned from that. I lucked out that they weren't shady. So I'd love to I'd love to thank those guys like Chris Lloyd and uh, and Andrew Boris, two radio guys that I, I wound up looking up to. So that there's that's five, three PT and two non-PT related. Perfect. There you go. Shout out to all, to all those individuals. Um, you got to thank them for developing them into developing you into who you are today. Yeah, I love it. So we have a live question from Alex. He wants to know sure. outside of PT Pinecast, what advice do you have for building your professional brand as a clinician? And also, do you still practice in the clinic? Are you still practicing PT? Yeah. So let's do the second question. Second, I'll do the first question first. Outside of PT Pinecast, what advice do you have for building your professional brand as a clinician? You're already doing it. You're already building your brand. You're either doing it well or you're doing it poorly, but you're doing it. Okay. So right now, however you're interacting with your classmates, because your classmates are going to become your colleagues, how you're interacting with your professors, because they're going to become your colleagues. If you go to a conference, who you interact with, APTA staff members, the public, you're building your brand. You're already doing it. Now, I'm assuming I'm going to make an assumption saying he's, he, he wants to know maybe some more advice in terms of building a brand, maybe, maybe outside of those one-on-one relationships. But let's not, let's not discount the fact that that is a brand, that, that those are relationships. Um, I would say take a really good self-assessment and ask yourself what you're passionate about and what you're willing to learn more about. I'm going to pause for dramatic effect right there because that's a really great, that's a, it's a really big, big first step because I see a lot of people jumping into creating a lot of content um, because it's exciting. Like right now, the screen that we're looking at has comments and likes and we can see it. That's social currency. And we want more of that. You know, you post something cool on Instagram and bing, 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 you get those little hearts. Um, (laughs) That can't be the reason that you're building a brand either virtually or, or in, in other ways outside of relationships. It can't be the driving force because it's not sustainable and it's fake. Um, so I'd say be honest about yourself and who you want to connect with. That should be step one. Um, and then am I still practicing in clinic? I'm not. I'm not treating patients, but am I still a practicing physical therapist? And where was I? I was at, um, I was at Utica College, and one of the professors there, Jim Smith, said – but you're still a you're still a practicing physical therapist, even if you're not treating patients, because in the APTA scope of practice, uh, education and consulting is considered practicing. So I have this like giant guilt, like, hey, am I still a real PT if I'm not, you know, touching patients on a regular basis? Uh, so the answer is no to that. But I will respond to Alex and say, can you touch a patient without ever touching a patient? Like if I say something on an episode, I facilitate a, a question and answer that Alex Henderson hears it and then he puts into practice, did I have a part in that? I think I did, a little one. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's how I looked at, at that question because I get that one a lot. 
Yeah. And I really want to comment on, on something you said before. I think what you were saying about self-assessment, self-evaluation, um, we were talking about this before we came on. That's really crucial to developing yourself personally and professionally. You really got to see what your passions are and they're going to change, you know, as you progress throughout your career. But that's why the self, the, the continual self-evaluation, the continuous self-assessment will put you on that path to be successful using all the different mediums you want to, you want to use, whether we talked a little bit about social media, one-on-one conversation, all of that. So that the really self-assessment is really crucial um, to developing yourself. Yeah. And I think this is an awesome segue to our next question. Segway. Um, segue. So how does social media, and we talked about this, Instagram getting likes and things like that. How does social media play into developing a professional brand? How should, how should it play into it? What's your opinion on that? Um, I think it's an, it's, it's an extension of you. And each one of those platforms is going to have their um, – their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, I, I think, you know, we're going to talk about this at, at next again, it's very fitting that we're talking about social media and branding. Uh, if you've never been to a next conference or if you've seen the Oxford debate this year, the, the, the question is, uh, is social media hazardous to the profession of physical therapy? And I'm not going to use this platform just a couple days in front of uh, the Oxford debate to, uh, to vie for any votes uh, for my tune. I won't, <laughs> I won't do that. So my opposition can rest, rest assured. But what I'll say is it, you need to pay attention to it. You know, each one of those platforms has their strengths and their weaknesses. And, and just realize that your reach, I mean, it's difficult to calculate your reach. It's worldwide. You know, this guy's tweeting from, from the International Space Station. It's, 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 internet, it's, it's intergalactic now. Mm-hmm. But um, be really, really careful and really mindful of what you're putting out because this is something that we, we didn't have to talk about 10, 15 years ago. This, this stuff following you and what's, what a moment on the thumbs can be a lifetime, you know, on your permanent record. No such, really no such thing as a permanent record, you know, 15, 20 years ago. There is now. There is now. Everything's still available for, for anyone to see. Everything stays out there. Everything, everything is archived. And we were saying before, your digital footprint, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick with you for the lifetime. So got to make sure that that digital footprint is, is appropriate for the goals that you're searching for. It's yeah. appropriate for the person you want to be, and it's appropriate for the clinician you want to be. Um, as we were as we were talking about before, so I think that's a, that's a really good point, and it's a good takeaway for students um, who are on social media to to just be wary of their social media presence and to, can you, to continually self evaluate and self assess what they're posting, self assess and what they're liking, because it, it it stays with them. The digital footprint is just yeah. sticking around, um, you know, for as long as as long as you live, which is awesome. You know, w- one thing I will say is watch people who you who watch. First of all, watch other people, and then decide who you think is doing it well and who's doing it poorly. And then try to model that behavior. And, that, and that's really where that self-assessment from the last question comes in, which is what strengths do you bring to the table? And how can you bring that effectively so you can help the other person? It's got to be a give, right? Because if you're right. selling it, but there's no win on the other side, there's no value there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an awesome point. Awesome. So let's keep going here. We, we definitely got a, we got a good amount of questions. So Jake wants to know, how do, how do you ensure? So we were talking a little bit about PT Pinecast, PT Pinecast and social media. How do you ensure that your content that you're putting out is genuine and it'll be received that way? Uh, how do I make sure it's genuine? I'm trying to figure out. Like, you know, I wish I could ask him. Like, kind of like more what he means. That's why I like the conversation. Right. Um, you know, somebody asked me something similar, so I'm going to make an assumption that he's you know because because I'll interview so many people in the profession. I have a group of people that I run questions by. I don't name these people because I don't want people to be able to game the system. So when people ask to come on the show, I tend to ask around and try to vet you, right? So right. I'm not just going to point a microphone at anybody. 
So I know people through the profession, through doing this show. And if I don't know uh, someone who knows the person I'm bringing on, I will just keep asking until I find them because I respect the audience enough to make sure I know who I'm talking to and what we're going to be talking about. Um, so I vet it that way. So my solution to a people problem is a people solution, right? So I'll ask people that I respect, what do you think about this? And it's not whether or not they believe in the content. It really goes back to what Jake's, the, the word in Jake's question that I kind of honed in on, which mm -hmm. was genuine. So if, if let's say you, you don't buy in, you know, you're not really singing the praises of the biopsychosocial model, um, but someone I'm thinking about bringing on their show, they're going to talk about that. I'll ask about the person, you know, what are their motives? Are they selling something? Is that why they want to come on? And I try to root those people out because I don't want my show to be a giant sales pitch. Now make no right. mistake about it. I do have ads. Like I do have, I have sponsors to keep the show on the air. Um, but I want to make sure the motives are good. So I don't problem if you have a, I don't have no problem if there's a book on it, but I want to make sure I ask around about the person. Uh, so I do my homework to make, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find out. Now, is that a perfect uh, process to make sure I weed out people with, with bad intentions? Absolutely not. Um, but it's the best one I've got. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. I think that's a, that's a really good explanation of trying to be genuine, especially, you know, when you have a talk show, you gotta, you gotta have the most genuine sponsors, the most genuine people coming on yeah. again, because you want to, the kind of the, the, the your trajectory that you're going on, you want that to kind of be similar with the guests that you're coming on that are, that are coming on. Um, so I think that's a really awesome point. Yeah. And so he actually has a follow up question to that. So how do you stand out? So stand down quotation marks with content branding in a saturated area. Stand. How do I stand out? Yeah. How do I stand out? Good question. Hey, when I started this, there was like five PT podcasts, but I lucked <laughs> out. Um, but how do you stand out? You know, uh, how do you stand out at, uh, at a party? How did you stand out amongst your classmates in the first day of PT school? Um, you be honest, do a self-assessment. You know, what kind of person am I? What things can I bring to the table? Um, you know, so, somebody made a, uh, took a shot at me because uh, they're like, uh, you know, you've been a PT. This was like a year ago. You've been a PT for like two, you know, two years at that point. Um, what gives you, what gives you the cred to be able to have a show and, and, and share your message. So make, I want to make this very clear about my particular show. I am always the audience. I am always the, the most uninformed person in the room. I try to be. So the skills that I bring are not necessary. They're not clinical. I'm never the smartest person. I'm smart enough to ask the second question, right? The first question is easy. Like, tell mm -hmm. me about your, tell me about your topic. It's that second question. So my expertise, I think anyway, is the facilitation of me getting that knowledge out of this, out of this person's head. So how do I stand out? Um, show up, be consistent, bring value. Right. Right. And it's not, it's going to be different every time. Listen, there, there's one movement maestro. There's one prehab guys. There's one Eric Mera, right? I mean, so trying to be just like them, somebody asked me, how, how can I be like you and, and, and have a podcast? I said, quit, quit. <laughs> right now, this is a PT student. I said, quit PT school. Go work in radio for free for five or six years, then make pretty much nothing, and then eventually come back to PT. But like my my reason for saying that was like, don't be me. You don't want to be me. I'm already here. Be you. You've got stuff I can't copy. So bring the stuff that other people can't copy, and you have value. Right. As much as we love you, but like I, I totally see what you're saying. How you really want to be unique. You want to be individualized. You want to pursue things like we were talking about earlier that are going to go along with your personal goals, with your professional goals and copycatting, copycatting someone else's agenda. It's, it's just not going to work. 
Short, maybe, maybe some short-term success, right? Like if short-term. I were to jump on my Instagram account and I were to start sharing exercise videos and using different hashtags, right? I probably right. will have more social currency. But what good is that? I don't right. want those followers. I want PTs who want to be entertained, inspired, and informed. I don't want some weird dude who wants to watch me do pull-up variations from Brazil. I don't want that audience. So that's why I'm okay with having like three or 4,000 Instagram followers because they want exactly what I have. I don't need to be anything I'm not for them. Right, right. You don't need 30,000 because you know that 3,000 that you have are right. focusing exactly yeah. what, you, uh, what you're doing and they're really honing in and they like what you're putting out there, what content you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Thank you for saying my answer way better. <laughs> no, I don't, think, I don't think I can say any answers better than you. Um, but we have a question from Sebastian. He just wants to know, some of the people you have on your show don't have a huge social media presence. So how do you go about finding them if they're not reaching out to you first? I read a lot. I'm always looking, I'm lurking. Even if I'm on either Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'm always listening. And then I talk to people I respect. Uh, some of my biggest sources of guests are former guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when I reach out to someone who's very well respected in the field. And I say, I'd love to have you on my show. I give them a, like I email them. I say, Hey, I'm Jimmy. This is my weird background. I'd love to have you on this podcast. <laughs> the cool part now is podcasts are popular enough. I don't actually have to explain what a podcast is anymore. I think um, my biggest compliment is when someone comes on the show and they email me after like, wow, that was really different than any other show I've heard. And mine's different because I come at it from a radio DJ trying to be a PT perspective versus a PT trying to be a radio DJ perspective. And then the biggest compliment I get is when they suggest someone a month or two later via email. You know who would be great? A friend of mine just had this great study that I think is valuable to the profession. I mean, that's, that's a, a compliment to me because what they just said is I respect, I respect what you do enough and I'm, I'm willing to send a friend to you or a family, you know, like, like a, that's similar to a PT who's someone's willing to send a family member to you. That's the biggest right. sign of respect. So yes, yeah, so some a lot of people don't have the biggest social media presence, and that that's good. And if you're sticking around for the Oxford debate this week, uh, you'll see why I think that's good. Um, but uh, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So I find them. I find them by asking around and reading and lurking and just kind of listening and 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 uh, seeing what everybody looks wants to learn more about, and then trying to find those people who are experts on it. Right. Like observing from the background. <clears throat> but I really, I really like your point, how it's okay that they don't have a huge social media presence because their ideas are going to be fresh. Their ideas are going to be genuine from them. They don't have anything like broadcasted out there for everyone to see. So the thing that your, your viewers and your audience and the people you're talking to, the things that they're going to hear are going to be like hot off the press. They're going to be yeah. new. They're going to be totally polarizing things that they haven't heard of before. So honestly, that's like you were saying, that's a good thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be out there through you know hundreds of diff- hundreds of different mediums for it to be popular and for it to gain attention. Yeah, so, social media in you know in PT, it's, <laughs> it's a small you know it's a big world. It's our world, it's our world, but it's a small gene pool, right? So I'm trying to pull some people in who aren't in necessarily you know in the in the social media PT uh, realm yeah. and bring their ideas in there and just see what happens. Hey, here's an idea. What do you think about this? And then just kind of stand back and, and watch what happens. Yeah, like the PT fam, it seems so big, right? We're huge national national, you know. With, um, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, APTA members, but the really the PT fam is really small. Everything that you say and do, it, it just sticks around and everyone knows about it. Everyone yeah. knows you. So that's, that's totally, totally right. Yeah. <clears throat> so Alex wants to know, he says, I'm generally pro social media. So how, since joining PT Twitter, I have read some pretty polarizing posts, extreme opinions and assessments on literature and just general dialogue. 
Yeah. Um, these individuals often have a ton of followers. What is your opinion on this? Kind of goes into what we were saying before. I want to get into this so bad. I will say can. that I can't only because, and not not because I, I don't want to talk about it. This is one of the things that we're going to be talking about. I know the uh, my opposition at the Oxford debate um, this week. I'll say that, um, you know, what's my opinion on people having polarizing uh, topics or, or polarizing viewpoints? That's life. People have that. Social media just brings it into your living room or you know, wherever you're, you're perusing, uh, on your social device, very rarely are, uh, you know, great ideas or, or lasting ideas on the very edge of that pendulum swing. Um, and some people love like, Hey, look, we got X amount of likes and loves and, and, and shares <laughs> and retweets. The, the more often someone says something and the louder they say it, uh, you know, it, it makes me think that they're going for some social currency. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I mean, ask, ask your motives, right? What, what are your motives for saying that and for sharing that? Maybe it is that you believe that, you know, maybe you're peddling a course. I don't know. Right. It goes back to what we were saying before. Really. It really does. You got to know your motives. Yeah. Um, Alex just wants to tell, he always wants to tell you he's very excited and he's super pumped for the Oxford, Oxford debated next. Nice. Like that. I, I would just be, you know, and you answer now, if you want, just how many of the students who are actually watching this or, 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 or watching afterwards, the replay, just comment if you're actually going. Cause I think that's such a huge deal when students who notoriously, you know, are low on cash, make an effort to buy a flight or drive far and rent a hotel room and pay for a conference. I'm just, I'm, I'm continually stunned to see how many students show up. And I think it's a great sign for the profession. Absolutely. So drop, like you said, drop that in the comments. If you're coming with the next, um, we'd love to see you guys all network and link up down there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So Nick Waltz, he wants to know, he left a question in the comments in regards to social media, how do you recommend students stay ahead of their time and up to date on online branding tools? Uh, Online branding tools. I'll be honest. um, I don't use a ton of really advanced stuff. Right. So, I mean, I I guess, I guess I'm, I'm old school. I guess I got to start saying I'm old school. Um, I don't use a ton. There's a, there's a ton of dudes who are out there smarter um, than me um, you know, you've got like Will Boyd and his group on, on digital marketing. Those guys are the bleeding edge. So I would, I would answer your technology question with a people solution and say Alex Anger and Will Boyd, um, who are guys that I'm in their, their group, which is free, by the way, uh, unintentional plug. They didn't pay me uh, to say that, but they, they love it, right? They took a self-assessment, I'm guessing, and said, I love this. I'm going to jump into this. This is, what I, this is what I think I can bring as value. Um, so I would go to people. I'm not that person for that. Um, I, I use my broadcasting tools, right? I and mean, I use conversation. I use who, what, where, when, why, and how as my branding tools and how I can share that information to you. Those are the best though. You had, you had asked those five W's. Was it five W's? Six. Who, what, when, where, how, well, I guess it's four W's and one H close enough. Uh, <laughs> Six. Six? Okay. Three, what, where, when, why, how. There we go. We both, we both are never good at math. We were talking about that before. Never good at math. Never good at math. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So I think a good, a good segue here is, so we're talking about professional brand and kind of seeing it evolving. Um, how do you see your professional brand evolving in the years to come? How, what do you see yourself, you know, in 10, 20 years? How do, where do you see yourself going? And do you have any advice for those students who are continually evaluating um, of where they want to go? I don't think that far ahead. And that's going to sound like a cop-out answer, but it's, it's the truth. So I'll make it, that's my real answer. I focus on three to three, six months out as my short-term goal. And like my long-term strategy is make sure I'm having fun and learning something. 
Like that's that's the thing that needs to be involved ev- with every project that I do. Um, where do I see myself going? I really I don't know. I really I love I love what I'm doing right now. I get a dual role, right? I get to be the Jimmy Kimmel of physical therapy <laughs> or Jimmy Fallon. You got Jimmy Kimmel, that. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy. I don't know. Like got a lot of them. those guys. Um, I love being that in PT because I'm honestly interested in the people that I talk with. So as long as one other person's listening, I'll probably still do the show. Um, as long as we're having fun and learning something, uh, in terms of other stuff. So I do also have a role as director of communications for a large physical therapy practice. It's you know called Fox rehabilitation. I promise I'm not plugging it. I'm just bringing up what I get to do there. Um, I get to be a lot of times the only physical therapist in the room when we're making communications decisions, when we're deciding how to roll out a, uh, an idea to either PTs or, or, or clients, um, there's a bunch of marketers and writers or graphic designers in the room, and I get to be the voice of PTs. So before anything leaves, I get to go, that's a great idea, but did we think about this? You know, a clinician is very, very busy. Are they going to take five minutes out of their day to do this? Maybe, but you have to think. Uh, so I get to bring that PT aspect and, and merge it with my, my, my communications background. So I'm still figuring out what that means for me because there are no, like Google it right now, physical therapy, radio DJs, there are none. I'm it. Um, but I, I get to, you know, continually uh, evolve my job. But here's the cool part. So do you. You have a license to practice PT or eventually you will if you're a student. Um, you can evolve your job into anything that you want. You can make your career anything you want. Uh, I gave this talk at National Student Conclave in, uh, in uh, Washington a couple years ago, and I said, uh, you can draw a straight line between any two points. I just happen to draw a straight line between radio broadcaster and PT. You know? And not all the straight lines completely you know, will, will, will you know, determine success, but like, if you're passionate about something, bring it to this profession because it needs it. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> I like what you said before, like, who knows our target our target audience best? Who knows a physical therapy target audience best? It's us. Yeah. You know, we're, we are the we are the experts in our field. We're the experts in our practice. Um, and you know, I love that when you're in the room with different mar- like marketers, advertisers, graphic designers, you know the market best. You know, they they may have gone to school for marketing. Yeah. And they know all the marketing strategies and methods that they should do. But you know the you know the field best, and you know what the target population, the target audience is looking for. Yeah. I will say this though. And the reason I, I think I, I don't know if I know it the best, that's weird. I, I know it well is because I'm constantly listening to my colleagues at Fox Rehab. I'm constantly listening to, you know, people in the profession, leaders in the profession, you know, people who are servant leaders in the profession. So that listening part, I know people, people think of me as the guy who talks a lot and I do believe me, I never shut up and I talk fast. Um, but I'm listening a ton and I'm trying to figure out how I can, how I can continually bring value to make sure I'm not just a talking head. And that, that, that also translates to you too, especially on social media. Are you bringing value or are you just a talking head? Absolutely. Awesome. I really love it. This is awesome. So we're, we're having some great questions rolling in, guys. So keep that coming. Um, we're about a little bit over halfway through. So if you have any more questions, just drop them right into the comments. I think we're having a really good dialogue, really awesome conversation. Not conversation. Conversation. Awesome. So Emmy wants to know, what are some, for Jimmy, what are some personal pitfalls to avoid? Um, with building your professional brand as a student, what are some things you got to avoid? Um, I would say being disingenuous, not being honest with yourself. You know, um, I think it's really easy to get, man, I, I, my dad asked me this question and it sounded like it, it's one of those dad questions where you like, you think, you know, the answer right away. And then he just kind of nods at you like, Oh really? Is that the answer? The question was, 
do you want to get it right or be right? And I remember thinking they're the same thing. I was a hothead 23-year-old. He asked me this as soon as I, I took over my first radio station. And I wanted, to show, I wanted to show someone how smart I was. I couldn't wait to show him how much I knew, how smart I was. And, uh, my, and I was like, explain this to my dad. And he was just like, well, what's the problem? Like, I'm trying to explain this to someone. I'm right, and they're, they're not right. They need to hear me. And he's like, well, do you want to get it right or be right? So are you opening to listening to what that other person is saying? Because this happens a lot. I know she didn't necessarily ask the question specifically about social media, but a lot of intera interactions occur on social media is I would lead with your ears. You know, that's a pitfall is leading with your mouth. I would lead with your ears to be safe and ask a lot of questions. You know, if you get into a situation, maybe a, uh, what do they call it, like a flame war, you get into like a, like a troll session on social media, asking a lot of questions is a really safe way to kind of keep that dialogue open. So at least you're, at least you're showing the, uh, the, the person you're in the altercation with <laughs> um, that you're at least opening to listen to what you say. You're not, not necessarily going to agree with it, but you're going to listen to it because a lot of times that's, that's the biggest fault in communication is, uh, is when we at least think it's occurred. That's what my parents used to say to me a lot too. They say, listen before you speak, you know, I kind of try to take that advice as best as I could, um, you know, into my 23 year old career so far. Um, so hopefully we're applying that. We're applying that well, but I think it's a really, really good point. My Italian grandmother said, you got two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly and proportionately. Proportionally. I really, that's, a really, that's a really good. I've never heard that one before, um, but I think that's awesome. Great. So I want to touch a little bit on what we were talking about also before. We were talking about pay versus spending and attending in a time. So if we could talk about that, I think the audience would gather some really, really good knowledge from that. Yeah. It's a couple of phrases that come up a lot, especially – well, especially when you're utilizing social media as a PT um, or you're trying to get someone to, to pay attention to your clinic. You know, you're talking about before we started uh, the broadcast, you, you're you in your, your business PT semester right now. Mm -hmm. And the two yeah. phrases are pay attention and spend time. I want you to pay attention to me. I want, I want you guys to pay attention to this broadcast that we're doing right here uh, on Exchange SA. I want you to spend some time with me. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. So pay attention spends time. A lot of people focus on what they get out of it, which is the attention and the time. That's what I want from you, Kyle. I want you to pay attention and spend time. I want your attention. I want your time. And what people overlook is the, is the pay and the spend. That's what I need to give you. I need to give you in order for you to get that back. And I need to give more value. We call it an exchange of abundance at Fox. I need to give you more value than you perceive you getting out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just someone yelling at you to pay attention to me, eventually you're going to tune me out because you're like, I don't get enough out of that guy to actually give him my time anymore. Right. So, so I, I think people should, should focus on those two phrases and what they mean because if you want an audience to pay attention to you, you need to pay and spend. You need to make it worth their while, right? Because there's we, we talk about this, uh, this exchange. There's three types of exchanges, right? You ever go to a movie, Kyle, and you walk out and someone goes, how was it? And they go, and you go, oh, there's two hours of my life. I'm never getting back, right? <laughs> yep, yep, you that, got it. That, that's an exchange in which you, you feel robbed. You feel like you, you lost. And right. then you've got, you've got the middle exchange. Uh, if you guys are baseball fans, uh, what happens in a tie in baseball? You baseball fan at all? You go into extra innings. Well, no, no. Oh, sorry. A tie like uh, at, at first base, right? The ball arrives at the same time as the foot. Oh, tie goes to the runner. Tie goes to the runner, right? So it's a tie. It should be even, except 
I'm playing defense. I feel screwed, right? Yeah. We tie, but I still lost. <laughs> that's like that's like I give you enough value, and you're like, hey man, how how was that movie? And you're like, it was all right. You know, it's good. It's, you know, it's worth the eight bucks. I kind of. What you want to cultivate is an exchange of abundance. You're like, well, how was that? How was that movie? How was that course? How was that ebook you downloaded? Oh my god, you need to, you need to download that right now. That was so much value, and I spent three dollars on it. Mm-hmm. So you always want to be gunning for for that exchange of abundance where you gave, you gave, the other person got so much that they now value you. And a great guy to do this, if you guys are looking for someone to follow on social media, uh, Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is someone who preaches on this. So I'm, I mean, this is, this is a lot of what, uh, what he talks about is, uh, is giving so much value, but paying attention to that exchange, how much the other person get it. Absolutely. Awesome. And that actually goes well um, also into our other question that we had. This is from Mike. He wants to know, do you have any books on personal development or anything regarding that developing your professional brand? Do you have any suggestions for students? I know looking, you've been reading some. I'm looking right now. Yeah, there's there's the immutable laws of branding. It was like 22 immutable laws of branding. That was something I read a while ago. I don't know. I, I mean, I read books about people, right? Like I'm, I'm reading the Howard Stern's new book, and he really talks about how now I get to intern for him in 2001. And back then he was the guy and a lot of the people in the audience are probably too young to remember when he was the guy who just tried to shock everybody. And now he's talking about looking back at his career and how he went to, he went to, he went to therapy and he's actually changed. So the reason I'm bringing up his book right now is I look at what people are doing, right? I mentioned Justin Moore and Sharon Dunn earlier, watch what they do, not what they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not against books on branding, but I want to look at examples of people who I respect and I think do it well so I would say pay, I, that's why I like biographies for, for that reason, like the Anthony Kiedis biography from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I want to get into that next. I haven't got a chance, but watch someone who went through hell and still came out, you know, at least stronger on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I gravitate towards those types of things versus very tactical manuals. I don't really, to me, that's a presentation. I get, look at that. Yeah. Now I'm having a therapy session. I gravitate towards biographies because they're more conversations versus a tactical manual, which is a presentation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of the, and it kind of it goes back to right what we were saying before. This is kind of the theme of the chat: conversation over presentation. And it can be in all of the fashions, just general interactions with human beings, or it could be as simple as you know reading books. It kind of applies to all different scenarios in your life. You just need to know how to apply it. Yeah, love it. So Alex has another question. He busy said, bee. "Say again." He's a busy bee. I like it. He is. We love him. So, did becoming a PT change you? I guess, I don't know if you want to talk about that first, because then he has another question after that. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, it changed me, right? I, I was, you know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about my story. I was going to, uh, I, I hung up radio. I was never going to do this again. I was done. Um, so it definitely changed me. But I think halfway through PT school, I saw a way where those two roads came back and I could help the profession and, and hopefully people along along the way. Um, so it definitely changed me and it's still changing me. Absolutely. You're still, you're still practicing PT, even though you're not treating patients. Correct. That's something that I learned from this chat. So we like that. So his follow-up was, what differences can you reflect on yourself from you as a radio DJ to post-PT school? That's a good question. Yeah, no, that's a real good question. I, I think it was something that I learned in PT school and have carried with me was we were, do, we were learning subjective exam. And I remember, you know, I was an okay PT student, middle of the pack. You know, I passed all the tests. I promise, you know, I passed the boards the whole nine. But uh, it was when we got to subjective when I realized that my classmates, it got really hard for them to have a conversation 
some of them, not all of them, but um, where it, it flowed. And I all of a sudden I, I perked up. I was like, oh no, I'm going to be really good. At this. I finally got excited that I was going to like, you know, be at the head of the class for something. Right. So that was, that was something that um, I realized then in my rotations where that's a huge part of treating patients is conversing with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I definitely think that was, that was one thing that I was able to bring from the radio broadcast uh, life that I had, my former life to the PT uh, world that I was entering, which was to get to the, to get to the root of something I find for me asking a ton of those questions and just keep asking questions. Um, what's something that helped me a lot. Awesome. And we're just gonna keep these rolling. Cause we got We got a lot coming in. So Nick just asked a question. He says, if you could do anything over in your career and you do not mind sharing, yeah. what would it be and how would it best relate to pitfalls for a new grad to avoid? Uh, if I could do anything over at next, if I could do anything over, if I could do anything over, uh, what would I do? Man, like, I mean, that's I don't a tough know. That is a, that's hard. That is a tough question. No, it's good, though. I like when questions make you think, right? Sounds I don't want to have a chamber. Yeah, I don't have a chambered answer. <laughs> uh, if I had anything to do over again, I think I would have, um, I really would have pushed in PT to go into pediatrics early. Um, I didn't get a chance to do a rotation in peds. It's really competitive. It's hard to, to get one. I pushed or I asked, I, I probably should have went with my gut a little more because I wound up graduating and practicing in orthopedics and it just wasn't a fit. You know, it didn't have anything to do with the clinic, but I was a dude in PT school asking my, uh, my, my, my DCE to get me a peds rotation, which again was competitive. Uh, I did eventually find my way to a pediatric uh, clinic and I liked it a lot more. And I, you know, I loved working with those kids. So I think maybe, shoot, I'm bringing it back again, being honest and doing a self-reflection and saying, yeah. what really drives me? Uh, and that, at that point in my career, it was working with kids, but I didn't follow through enough. You know, maybe mm -hmm. I didn't trust myself enough. Um, so if I had something to do over again, that would be it. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Sean just asked a question. He says, do you think every physical therapist should build a, a sorry, let me rephrase that. Do you think every physical therapist should build a personal brand as an autonomous, autonomous professional? You already are. We said this before. You are. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're walking around and let's say, let's say you work for a clinic, which has, you know, 50 other PTs, uh, you know, you have a brand and you're working on it, whether you know it or not, you're either doing it well or you're doing it poorly, but you're working on it. And that's like, that's interactions with people in the supermarket who know that you're a PTA mm -hmm. or know that you're a PT. Um, that's, uh, that's people you interact with in clinic. That's your family and friends watching how you carry yourself. Um, you know, should you expand upon that? Maybe I think is maybe part of his his question too, because then his follow up is like, would it give a business or a practice more value? Um, I think absolutely. You know, if that's something you're passionate about, and this goes back to that self assessment, being honest about yourself. If you have something that you can share with the outside world, with the community, uh, does that bring value to any place that you would work? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So. You're bringing a, you're building a brand regardless of whether you think it or not. Does it have to be an Instagram account that you're, you know, you're sharing exercise videos? No. no. Can it be if you're passionate about it? Absolutely. But that isn't the only thing you're building a brand about. Awesome. And I think this is actually a really good twist um, on that question. What are, what are good ways? And this kind of goes a little bit into time management. What are good ways to start building a professional brand while you're managing the, the stresses of PT or PTA school? That's a I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say focus on school. You know, and again, you're building that brand is how you carry yourself, right? If you get a chance to, to talk to Sharon Dunn or Justin Moore, how you carry yourself um, matters. It also matters how, how you carry yourself 
in front of your classmates because they're eventually going to be your colleagues and your professors who are eventually going to be your colleagues. Um, I would really focus on the things that, that, that you're passionate about. You know, so if, if, if opening a business is pat, if you're passionate about that in PT school, learn about that, but focus on the now, right? Like focus right. on what you're in right now um, and, and get good at that. Right. So PT school, I mean, there's a lot of digs, right? It, it, uh, it just te- teaches you to, 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 to pass the boards. Well, it teaches you how to be a good general PT who's safe and what you do with it after that, that's up to you. So as any of these knocks on PT school and what it does and doesn't prepare you to do, um, it teaches you how to be a safe practitioner, which is the bottom line. That's really what we want. We want you to be safe above all else. Um, what you do after that um, is up to you. That's what they tell us at Sacred Heart a lot too. They say the Same. NPTE essentially is just how well you can keep yourself safe and also your patient safe. Um, it's a really, really important assessment of that. And you need to be, you need to be proficient with that. It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. So James, our nominated committee chair, he, he wants to know at the end of your run with PT Pinecast or in Fox Rehab or any other endeavors that you may have, how will you measure your success? How is it measurable? Um, I think it, uh, in, in connections with people, uh, I've told this story and it's probably one of the most personal is uh, I first launched this podcast again when I was a PT student and as a third year PT student at, uh, at Marymount University, we go on a two week um, mission trip to Costa Rica. Now I think they actually go to Nicaragua, but we went to Costa Rica. We were, I worked in an orphanage for two weeks. Awesome. And this is the time when I was definitely thinking I'm about to graduate and I'm not even 100% sure I want to be a PT. Uh, but I got to work with a young man and I uh, have muscular dystrophy and there's not, I mean, if you know anything about muscular dystrophy, I'm sure all you students are very sharp. You do uh, PT. You, we can't cure it. Right. Can't get rid of it. Right. So um, I was left with an impression from this young man because he had just a great personality. And, uh, but when I left working with him for two weeks, I was really pissed because we couldn't do it. We left him just, the, we left him just as good as we found him. And that annoyed me. So then I put, I put my former life and my current life together and I grabbed a microphone, this microphone actually, and we started telling his story and we decided that if we could buy him a power wheelchair, it would change his second to second existence, right? We couldn't fit, we couldn't change MD, but we could change because right now he was just in a, a tilt and space chair right. and wherever he was put, he was put. So in 66 days, the ridiculous podcast that I launched that's recorded over beers in 66 days, it raised about $19,000 and we got a chance to bring the power wheelchair to, uh, to, to that boy in Costa Rica. So, so when this is done, how will I measure this project? It's already a success. You know, this could crash and burn tomorrow. I already got, I got to do that. So somebody else is better off in, in a small way because this thing existed it's already, it's already worth it. Even if you affect one person and you affect that one person in a positive way, you yeah. know, you're making an influence on people. So I think, I honestly, I think that's a, that is the most, probably the most genuine, um, you know, way to measure your success is if you're making that impact on that one person. And the more, the, the more, the merrier, if you can have, you know, impact on hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people, it's on, it's honestly just the same as if you were making an impact on one person, yeah. you know, in reality. Yeah. I, I tell students that I tell that story to, um, another way to measure success for me is if someone hears my story 
about how I connected two very random things and a year, three years, five years, 10 years from now, someone goes, Hey, I heard your story and here's what I went and did. And it was because you just gave me permission and I'm using air quotes. I mean, you gave me permission to step outside of the norm. And I did this to me. That's success. That is success. No, I totally agree with you. I think that's a really, really awesome point. Yeah. That, that really couldn't have been said any better. Awesome. So I think we have time for maybe two more questions, I think, with the timing that we have left. So I wanted to talk about, um, well, we had one question from Nick. He said, and we know you're on, you're on an untraditional career path for the most part, being a radio DJ. You're the only one out there for physical therapy. What advice do you have for students who may be thinking about going down an untraditional career path? So uh, out of PT school, you mean? Does that mean like, yeah. like afterwards? Oh, yeah. Um, afterwards. Go with it. Uh, again, I mean, you've got to get out of bed on Monday morning and go do your thing. Um, you know, I know that you're supposed to have your stuff together by the time you're, you know, 30 or 40. But you got to have it together, right? You got to have your 401k and da da, da. Like, Yeah. You don't. You do not have to have it together as soon as you graduate. You don't have to have it together. You don't even have to have the plan to get it together. Um so if you're passionate about it and you think you can bring value to even number, even one person, go do it, go do it. I mean, there was, I mean, two years ago, I think there was, I mean, people were pushing back hard about students graduating, mm-hmm. starting their own clinics. And then someone, someone named Danny Matei wrote a book where he said, you know, expletive insurance. And he's like, I'm going to show you how to do it. And now it's not only accepted, like it, I, I don't know, it's becoming more, way more normal. Mm-hmm. So People are afraid of what they don't understand. People judge tomorrow by what they know about yesterday, right? So we didn't do that in my time. Three years ago, we didn't do that. Um, that shouldn't be your limiting factor. I would say your, your honest self-assessment and your passion for the thing that you can bring to someone else or the profession, that should be your limiting factor. So if there's something out there, untra- as untraditional as it might be, uh, go for it. Go for it. As long as- what's, what's your backup plan? Your backup plans be a PT. Like that's a pretty solid backup plan. If it fails, oh, what will I do? Uh, well, there's a you know unemployment's pretty low for our profession, so you're gonna find something. You know, yeah, that's absolutely true. And it goes it goes back to those two things we were saying. You really have to have that passion. If you don't have that passion, then you're probably not gonna do well with the thing that you may be thinking about going for. You have to be really fully in. You have to be all in on that specific thing. So I think that's a really good point that our audience can take away. Yeah, people ask me why is the podcast uh, successful. Uh, I think it, 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 it's, it's because of the value it brings, right? Like people are, you know, entertained, informed, and, 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 and it's, it, it's digestible. But really it's because I just, I'm not going to let it fail, right? This is the thing I'm passionate about. This is the thing I, I get excited about. I do it on my own time. Um, if you're the same way, like, please do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So we just have a few minutes left. So we'll do one more question. I just want to make a couple of announcements beforehand. So, at a drop, drop in the either on the Facebook live comments or on Twitter. Um, after this exchange, a hashtag exchange essay, I'm building your professional brand. I'm going to blank. Really want to hear what you guys learned from this. If you took away anything, because um, I know I sure took away a lot of things. So if you guys can drop that in the comments or on Twitter, uh, we would love to see that and keep this conversation going. And also, if you have any more um, information that you need, again, it's going to be an ongoing Twitter conversation. Just make sure you use the hashtag exchange, exchange essay, hashtag DBT student, hashtag PTA student. And uh, we'll keep it going. So awesome. So I think one question that I know I had from before that I want to get in here. Um, we talked about it again before our chat. Um, 
it's from Susan and she wants to know your take on the strengths of a podcast versus a YouTube channel. So I guess kind of just social media and the, just the strengths and differences of them. Yeah, we were talking about this just a little bit uh, before we hit the record button. Um, they've all got their strengths and weaknesses, right? I mean, you know, Instagram is 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 all the way on on I think one side of the spectrum because uh, it shares pictures and videos very easily. You can comment, but it's not built for for conversation, really. Um, and then, kind of in the middle of you got your Facebook, your Twitter, which is built for speed. Um, and YouTube's really just a great delivery device for for longer form videos. So podcast, um, when people, people reach out to me, Hey, can you help me set up a podcast? And I wind up trying to talk people out of it, uh, more than into it. And it's not because I don't want more podcasts out there. It's because I want the right podcasts out there. I want, I don't want you to start it, go through all the effort, record five episodes and then stop because there's, there's a little bit of work behind it, but, um, find out who you want to talk to. Would an audio conversation with that format benefit them? If the answer is yes, then do it. Um, if it's a YouTube channel, would that same thing? Is that the is that the proper in, not to use a PT term? Is that the proper intervention to use? Right. So, is that the best way to share share information? Awesome. And I think we just had a question come in in the comments, and I think this is a this is a way better way than I'll ever end off a podcast. So, this is from Catherine McLeland. She wants to know. I love this question. If you could describe your career as a specific beer, what would it be and why? I love that. Oh, man. That's great. That's great. Way to stick it to me, Catherine, (laughs) who I just had on the show, and she's asking me the tough questions now. She just did an episode with us about – it was a very uh, atypical episode. I will give myself a plug on this one because Catherine was able to come (laughs) on the show. And we did an episode all about Chicago. Like just about where to you know get a drink, get food, and, and stuff like that. So she's asking me for my parting shot right now. If I were to be a beer, what would I be? Uh, I would. I'm going to go with the uh, tried and true uh, Guinness, right? Little flash on top with the head. Little flash on top, but mostly the substance there is dark and mysterious, but it always finishes strong. What is it? You have to like you have to pour that. You have to pour it at an angle, right? And you have to let it sit for a little let bit. It sit, and then you top it off, pour. right? Proper pour, you got to top it off. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever order a Guinness and you get it in like 60 seconds, they didn't do it right. Several minutes. Several minutes. Awesome. Awesome. Jim McKay, thank you so much for coming on, um, for coming on tonight. I think we had some awesome conversations, obviously some awesome questions. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. If So we know you have a Twitter and if if you could share your Twitter account. Um, PT Pinecast, so people can contact you if they have any other questions. All at PT Pinecast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at PT, P-I-N-T-C-A-S-T. Awesome, awesome, perfect. So I think we'll leave it off there for tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. Um, we'll definitely be seeing you in July, and even before that, we'll be seeing you at APTA next in the Oxford debate. The Oxford next. debate. Hashtag Oxford debate. Hashtag hazardous. Hashtag hazardous. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining, joining us tonight. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you soon. Boom.